You're listening to the PR Wind Down Podcast, the show for public relations professionals who are ready to see real change in the PR industry. We are your hosts, April White and Laura Schooler. Let's get ready to wind down. Hey, Laura, how are you? Hi, April. Good. How are you? <laughs> so mousy. It's like so small compared to your normal response. <laughs> What happened? I was just just meeting you where you were. Oh, I see. I so I was coming across really, really really mundane and lackluster. I was mimicking your energy. (laughs) Oh my god, so funny. Um, Should we kick things off with things I should have been trained on? Yes, there's a lot of things I should have been trained on. Today, do you want to talk about what happens or what to do when a pitch falls flat? I do because I have a pitch that's sort of been falling flat. Oh, recently, can so. can you tell us without revealing? Well, I can't really. Right. I mean, yeah, I could generally tell you that it's um, a company that, like all of the companies I work with now, are um, challenger companies. Have you heard of that term instead of startup? Yes. Challenger yes. companies. Challenger brands. And this one is like pre pre funding so or we haven't announced funding so we've actually gotten some pretty good meetings but you know it's slow and they're not all turning into stories Mm -hmm. yet so we're going at it from many different angles Mm -hmm. from the business angle from the thought leadership angle from the local angle I mean really covering the bases and one of the angles is sort of more of a broad like business interest like you know interesting entrepreneur sort of story and nobody is going for it and we've gone to a bunch of different you know beat reporters and trades and national business etc now it partially might be vive and hymns the health conferences were going on and mm-hmm. it falls into that category so a lot of reporters were either there or writing about it or covering for the people who were there Mm -hmm. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. So the pitch that we're using is, like I said, sort of a, this is the business. This is the interesting entrepreneur story. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have like a catchy, you know, subject that would potentially make you say, oh, what's that about? And are you, do you have stats and things in there too that are like explaining where in the industry they're? challenging that we have stats and such yeah about them and i'm not remembering everything in the pitch somewhat but maybe that's maybe it needs more of that i think it needs context i would say next thing to try would be where does this challenger brand fit into the greater landscape what's the what's the full you know scope of the potential either dollar wise or what what could they end up replacing or um what statistics speak to the need for this you know 
it's so weird talking about this hypothetically and not having any details. No, but I'm like, like I'm sitting here writing thing, it down. Like, what, what are the pain points that statistics have revealed that they are addressing through said solution business, mm-hmm. et cetera? Yeah, we do. We do talk about that kind of thing. And also we have a, another release that might be coming out soon that may sort of dovetail that talks about a lot of things that are going on currently with the government, with statistics, et cetera. So maybe there's a point at when that release goes out that it sort of dovetails and that's fine. We just, we're doing a lot of things at once to try to, you know, maintain um, momentum for this company until they're not going to be, you know, announcing funding for months. Right. The other thing, let's see. I mean, usually I don't recommend or nobody does. Um, including competitors in a pitch or in coverage because you don't want to give them ink. However, one exception to that rule, in my opinion, is if you have a challenger brand like that, that is essentially take, it's a brand new, we had this company called Picnic Tax that we worked with. They were taking on TurboTax. I was like, there's no harm in mentioning that you're taking right. on TurboTax because that's not really a competitor, right? right <laughs> like right. It's, it's like a it's a legacy brand that you're challenging. Right. Um, so if if that company you're working with falls in that same category, that's another option of just so coming may- out and saying, We're taking on MasterCard and the credit card cartels. We're taking on, you know, and just throw your hat in the ring. Yeah, we really we have, I don't know if it was in this pitch, but we have mentioned competitors who are a little bit closer because a lot of the space that they're in is fairly new regardless, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like saying, oh, we're taking Coca-Cola on, right? It is another startup that's just further down the road that we have mentioned in other pitches to really try to differentiate. So we have taken that risky road as well. So yeah, we got a really great interview coming out of some of this pitching, but that that interview is not happening for like two or three weeks. So there's a lot of, well, what are we going to do for the next three weeks, you know? Yeah. Have you gotten any negative feedback? Not necessarily negative, but any feedback that's telling you why no? I got some negative feedback from a reporter who was yelling at me because he said, you clearly don't, you don't read what I write. Don't pitch me. Meanwhile, oh exactly what he wrote was exactly what I was pitching uh, from the oppositional. So I wasn't even saying to him, oh, like, write your story again. I was like, there's, this is a company that's doing the opposite of what you just wrote about. And he told me to never pitch him again. (laughs) Okay. But the good news was he actually wasn't a reporter. He was a contributor. So I'm not as concerned. That's good. So yeah, I think in general, when, when pitches fall flat, some things to look at are what are some, especially in the B2B tech side, like what are some statistics, data issues, et cetera, that are already talked about or already Mm -hmm. published that you can weave into it to give it context and why it matters. Mm -hmm. That's definitely one. Um, I mean, the same would be true in the lifestyle side, right? If there's like a growing trend and new mothers not knowing how to, you know, how often to track certain things and you've got a baby tracking app and you want to look at, okay, you know, we've got statistics that shows that 90% of new mothers don't know until they get to the hospital about XYZ issue and yeah. our app solves it, right? That That's something that would help. Yeah. Oh, it's like a very weird, but specific 
example. <laughs> um, no data, and, and particularly data in, helps. Um, in the health industry. Mm-hmm. Which um, you can't you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and no, then, it's so much of it is data driven. And I sometimes have luck in general, also with just where it fits in. Is this one of five, ten, etc.? You know, I mean, I did a pitch one time for a an expensive luxury real estate listing that was bordering a national park, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do the top five most luxurious residences that you can buy near a, near park. a national park oh, wow so and you put so your own like, in there yeah and I put my own in there and then boom there it was in Rob report so I mean I think context 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 like where does so it fit great. in the landscape because I started to look at a local publication you know from the local angle mm-hmm. and I was like here we go again half the stories are funding related mm-hmm. even in a mm-hmm. local publication however the other half were all these the top seven of this and the top nine of that and the top six of something else so now I have to figure out what top list can I pretend my client is uh, a member of I have to figure out what what list can I make up to and put them on it and I don't know yet it's a little hard for like a startup like your Rob report example that's like consumery that, that to me that seems right. a little easier unless this you company, do the top 10 women executives and logistics or mm-hmm. And then you weave your female executive into the list. Oh, that's one way. The other yeah. way there, there is, it, most health companies I've learned are B to B to C. So there is always a sort of a C mm-hmm. to most of it. Yeah. I think it's the only problem matter. is it's a local thing. So it has to be oh, 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 I see. top in that area. Okay. We'll top in the region then. Top best things to do when you're in Williams, Arizona. Yeah, girls and fairies. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> what other tips do we want to leave people? For when, okay, so we can get off of my specific example. Is there anything generally? I still think context, context, context. Yeah. Landscape, statistics, lists. Case studies. Case studies, yep. Case studies help a bunch. I don't think they help as much as I thought they would. Celebrities influencers i mean how about the opposite oppositional point of view what do you think about like against the prevailing wisdom oh yeah anything contrarian usually yeah. gets the contrary that's the right word yeah i had a crypto music festival they were doing blockchain as part of the music festival and they wanted to take on the one percent of the one percent i was like all right let's just put it in there and that totally got attention because they were so brazen right like we're doing this music festival to take on the one percent of the one percent with crypto. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, so what coverage did you get? That was me. Blockchain coverage. It was more of an interesting crypto story because it was unusual at the time. Now this has been done, but right at the time it was like, wow, that's crazy. How long ago? Four. No, that is three crazy. Three years ago. Three and a half years ago. Somewhere in there three years and eight and a half months ago something like that (laughs) to be really (laughs) precise i have no idea but somewhere between three and four months three and four years ago so yeah at the time it was like okay they're you know Um, really going for it this wacky idea so what if how about this will be my final question on this Mm -hmm. what if it totally just you pitched this thing to 40 different people 
and then 20 others at a different angle and 20 others from a local period. And you just went all over the place and you're just not getting anywhere. If you have no's, you're onto something and you can keep going. Why? If because have, people are actually responding to yeah, you? It's not so bad that they are Ignore just ignoring you. it. Right. It's like, oh, I can see why that would be okay, but not for me. Then you know that they respect your pitch. If you get radio silence, you have to totally retool or just move on. Somebody has to say no, or you don't have a prayer. Right. What if you totally changed your tune from a pitch when you realize, oh my God, this pitch, nobody wants to talk to an op-ed or by Oh, sure. By, yeah, you could totally, yeah. Either way, you have to retool tactics or pitches. Right. But I would say don't keep spinning your wheels if you've pitched 100 people and got zero no's. If you got one no out of 100, there's still a, like, there's still still a fighting yeah. chance. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's my thought anyway. But I'm sure everyone has their own opinion on that. But That's mine. Shall we put a button on that and move on? Sure. Okay. So we have an anonymous PR horror story. Do you oh, there it is. Want, do you want to read it? Do you want me Yeah, to read it? it's short. I'll read it. Okay, let's hear it. Here we go. I'll cut to the chase. I have a confession to make. Ooh. At my last job, I was an account manager. The firm was cutthroat. My supervisors were iron-fisted. And I was miserable. Under the mounting pressure to perform, the firm was up for acquisition, I asked my junior team members to lie. Yes, it stinks, I know. I had them working probably five to 10 more hours per month than they were billing for clients so I could stay in the green zone on profitability for the <gasps> accounts that I managed. <laughs> it's like making me think of insurance fraud or something, oh but anyway. God. Having moved on now, I'm embarrassed. But after a couple of failed attempts to raise performance versus expectation issues with my big bosses, I gave up and got, quote, crafty and made a bad habit for all of those juniors. Maybe this will clear up my guilt-fueled nightmares. Yours truly, monster manager. Monsterager? Managerster? trying to whoever this was trying to combine i see i see making a new making a new word there new okay. word. very very clever so there's no question here but what's your reaction oh maybe this will clear it well yeah no no real question to us but a confession like we're a priest the high priestesses of pr yeah wait I mean, where were they putting the other five to 10 hours per month they were working? Probably just in general, or maybe they were- Oh, an agency? Yeah, or maybe they were working until 10 and just, you know, saying they were working eight hours a day instead of, not you know, it. 10 or 11 hours a day. It's not great. It's not great because that means if they were just padding it and putting it under trust relations, for example, I know this mm -hmm. is come from us, but like if that were the example- then you don't know that you're actually over-servicing this client and they're not profitable. You're not making good business decisions about whether to keep them, whether to re-sign them, whether to get more try business, to push, push them to do, you know, to increase their retainer. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
that's tricky because you need to have information to make good business decisions, even if the information is not what you want it to be. So this person used, manipulated for their short-term gain. Yeah, it's not good. And then you teach the junior staff to do that. And then everyone's hiding hours and that's not great. You know, it's interesting though. I haven't worked somewhere recently where anybody really would have gotten mad if the team went over hours. I don't think I would do it because I'd just say, well, what do you want from me? Like the team is either A, overworked because the client's asking for too much or B, they aren't experienced enough and you've given me an inexperienced team. So mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? I think, I think it's just better to figure out why you're over-servicing the client. Right. I, well, I guess like, that's what I'm saying. I would have yeah. been like, you know, we need to fix one side of this equation. Um, but like I said, I just, I haven't worked recently for anybody who, that, that somebody would have felt that they had to lie about that. So it's interesting to me. Unless their job performance or raise or something was. Well, they were saying that the company was going to be acquired. So I guess the acquiring company doesn't want to think that the company they're, they're acquiree is um, bleeding money or not well run or something. Yeah. I mean, in that case, but then you're just making the company look unprofitable instead of you. Like, why are all these junior staff billing 40 hours a month for all agency meetings? Right. <laughs> no, but like I said, I bet it was that like these people were working till nine o'clock at night and only billing until six o'clock at night, right? Yeah. If it was that, but then that sucks for them. Ugh, I don't know. I mean, don't, just kids don't do it. Like, <laughs> It was never lie. It's don't always do that. Lie, lying doesn't. It never, it never really works. Pays off. It never works in the end. No, it, it and, works and temporarily until it all comes crashing down. Well, right, totally. And then all of a sudden, and the problem with it too is if you fib about something or you omit, you lie through omission, and then someone finds out. Like I have a friend who was. How do I? say this without revealing any details this person was doing something against the religion of the couple Mm -hmm. without telling the other half of the couple Mm -hmm. and then the other half of the couple found out about the activity that was misaligned with their shared religion so-called beliefs right and years later and that it had been going on for years and and now mind you just this was not by anyone else's standard, a big deal, right? We're all, we're, it's not dancing, but like it's in that realm, right? Right. And so it's not like the world standards will look at this and be horrified, but the- Couples, what they had gotten married what they had on, agreed upon as belief right. structure, it was very frowned upon slash not allowed. So- Was, was somebody pressing elevator buttons on Friday nights or something? Yeah, let's say it was that. That would be it. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay. Um, and so when other half of the couple found out that this was happening, the trust has never been able to recover. Wow. Because then this person is What else are you lying about? What else are you lying about? Are you cheating? Are you blank? Are you blank? Are you doing this? Are you 
And so it hasn't ever really recovered. And this is like years later. They still together? Yeah. But like unhappily so? Yeah. I think there must be more to it than that though. But oh, maybe not. Of course. I mean, there are all that's and of course I only have half the story. Right. I'm friends with one half of the couple. But 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 point being, you can lie about something through omission or you know fib for On so purpose, only right. for so long but if it comes to light then you may never ever ever be able to regain your trust with the person that you lied to so it's not really worth it and then you, you just look you just unless look you bad. have no interest in your integrity and or sustaining the relationship my um you know how i look so incredibly youthful for my yes. age yeah you do and this red lipstick today wowie <laughs> Um, my, my joke is that, and I don't really, but maybe I look a little young for my age. You I'll, look young for your age. But I, I say it's because I spent, you know, 25 years, like through my whole twenties and thirties and into my forties, um, inside in an office building in midtown Manhattan during entire summers. So like I hadn't seen the sun. That's number one. I never, um, smoked <laughs> <laughs> and I don't lie. And I think the lying has made me not look older. Yeah, every lie, every time you lie, you, you get, get a, a new wrinkle, a, li- a new line on your face. Mm-hmm. There is something to that, though, because it's stressful. Because if you right. lie, then you have to remember what you lied about so that you can retrace your steps. And right. that is that is exhausting. And maybe you don't sleep as well and it impacts everything. And then maybe um, baseball God punishes you with a wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. That's my theory. That's why kids, you shouldn't lie. I mean, it that it totally adds up for me. <laughs> okay. On that note, <laughs> should we talk about ourselves a little bit? <laughs> no, my favorite subject. But I can't help like, you know, <laughs> telling my like my interesting stories. You do have interesting stories. Well, I think you, they're interesting. The she- well, then let's make this your chance to just yak. I know. Well, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. So hilarious. Okay. So for today's news of the week, Mm -hmm. we are discussing us (laughs) and going to get into what's new in our worlds, our business adventures, anything else that we want to update people on. So I'm thinking of it as like our side hustle. This is our side hustle. Oh, oh, okay. That's a Okay, I like it. So this is yeah. So welcome right. and to the re- welcome right. to April and Laura's side hustle. Right. And so the reason why I thought of it is because you have an amazing side hustle and I don't know how the hell you did it. <laughs> like with everything else that you do and been going on in your life and whatever. Yeah. It's re- ridiculous, but I think you would probably agree that if you were in New York you couldn't have done it. No way. Right. So no chance. I have had the Mm-mm. same side hustle dream that you have fulfilled really i have but i can't <gasps> do it i can't do it here i never knew that yeah well i even have a what's it called pinterest like a pinterest page <gasps> from years ago that i was building and this would have been here. the actual store i don't know if my it would go over um okay my... so so let's hear about your dream well, side no, hustle. well let's hear about your actual store before we talk <gasps> about my like not actual store so so i just want to tell everybody that april has opened a store like 
she's a owns a PR firm and has all these clients and all these workers and it's very stressful and very time consuming and all of a sudden she opened a store like a physical store in the middle of all of this <laughs> completely unrelated and so yes com- not about PR <laughs> but she's gotten some good PR I've seen locally so tell us about your store what it's called why you did it what you sell what the mission is all of that okay so I opened a store on Route 66 in Williams, Arizona, which is the, for all intents and purposes, the closest city to the South Rim of the Grand Canyon called Cowgirls and Fairies. And it is um, this tiny, cute little boutique that has a lot of whimsical kind of clothes, some really high-end designer stuff, things that are a little bit more accessible also, because I don't want it to be so exclusive that not everybody can shop here. I've got some purses, some hat, like cowgirl hats. Can we see boots. what you have? I see a yeah. couple things behind you. So here's some purses. Um, and here. how are you procuring this stuff? Is this new? Is it vintage? So no, it's new. A couple of the things that are designer are pre-owned, but only a couple like pieces of jewelry that are still expensive for you because they're like Hermes. But they're or, made of right. Or like oh, 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 right. or whatever, brands, right? right? Like yes. the brands are they're really Tiffany expensive. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, I do have a couple. Like I have this adorable. Look at this little cuff that's purple. Isn't this cute? Oh, so are you wholesaling it? How are you getting? I, I have so many questions. We don't have enough time. <laughs> I don't want to give all my secrets away. But right. so, for example, so Crystal Show down in. Clarkdale and I got crystals wholesale. There's a, a thing online called Fairy where small business owners can buy from other small businesses to basically get wholesale prices and then mark up. So for example, I have little flower smudge sticks. How cute are these? Yeah. So cute. So, so you can smudge your house or whatever. Yep. But the wholesale stuff, yeah. I have some candles also that came from Fairy and some really cute hats that are kind of like grab one that you'll like hold on i'll be right back i should have been better prepared for this with props like you always are so i've got cruising for cowboys that's very uh thelma and louise right i've got if karma doesn't smack you i will (laughs) (laughs) so apparently i have an attitude and caution i have no filter (laughs) so that kind of stuff right there's another one on that says, uh, you don't scare me. I have kids and uh, <laughs> free hugs. Just kidding. Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Are there, well. are there other stores around you? Is it a freestanding so, or what? So it's, so over here is a spa that does like nails, hair, et cetera. And over here is a coffee shop called Brood Awakenings. <laughs> and it's uh it's really cute and then across the street is a mexican place and i mean it's in downtown williams right so it's definitely like the walkie part of right williams but i'm a a little tiny segment of a bigger building that has a flooring company for whatever reason and then the spa okay so now let's get to your why the hell i did this why did you do it and what is the mission Okay, so for a couple of reasons. So the other side hustle I have is as is as a musician, which Laura knows. And I have a musical project slash band called Violet in the Sun. And I had this idea after going to Pussifer and Jerome 
which you may have heard of, Laura, because you probably like Maynard from Tool. I vaguely know. I have a friend who's a giant okay. Tool fan. Okay. So he has this store called Pussifer in Jerome that's a record store, barber shop, gift shop, super strange, like everything Maynard that he likes. And he's put it all in one little spot. And it's just the coolest store. Right. And I thought that is brilliant for a musician to have an in person store physical location that embodies their brand that people can go visit and like interact with the brand so the store as you see over here yeah. has violet in the sun oh uh, how did you got that made obviously yes i had that made i made the weird ceiling art installation is that the same stuff you have in your barn your <laughs> barn house yeah, but it's no longer in my house. It was okay. a proof of concept that's lived in my barn house, also known as a cabin, <laughs> a log cabin, okay, until it lived here. But this took, you know, an ungodly number of the things that were in the house. Anyway, so I, I created a space that I feel like embodies the Violet and the Sun music, mm -hmm. and I'm selling the music, and then the music's playing in the store. And so you can interact with me, the artist, and the brand of Violet and the Sun through the experience of cowgirls and fairies but i felt like naming the store violet in the sun would be too confusing because mm -hmm. then it's violet in the sun on top of that i've got an album violet in the sun that has a song violet in the sun i was like okay Enough we get yeah, like, violet in the like sun. it's malkovich 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 like it's too <laughs> it's too many so it's like the store needs to have its own because it is its own thing, right? It's right. Its, own, it's a store, but it sells Violet in the Sun. So what's interesting is that because that is a very ambitious slash slightly insane marketing tactic for music, mm -hmm. it has gotten a lot of press because people are like, she's doing what? <laughs> in this day and age? <laughs> she's got a, a musician that has a store to embody the music? Okay. so. Yeah, well, it's I very actually, Jack. It's Jack White. What? Why do you third, why do you third, say? with Third Man Records? So you have a you cash know. register, or, or I mean, are people so have, just paying so square? So I have this. Yeah. Yeah, I have a little cash box, you know, for in case people actually pay with real cash. money. Yeah, real cash. How? Yeah. So I have that, and then I had people like my cousin made these cards that are really cute that she sent for me to sell that are like handmade, you know, these little. Oh. Like it's oh a pin and a and little, yeah, they're very ornate. Wow. And then since I got some press, I have one friend that's selling her local jewelry. She does this cool, like, I'll show you, it's so cool. It's like copper forged stuff. So she's got like cactuses and crosses. Is it cacti? Aren't these cute? Those are earrings? Yeah. Wow. Aren't they cute? So she has stuff like that. And then a couple other jewelry makers, jewelry. Jew Jewelers. Jewelers, that's the word. <laughs> I was like jewelry jewelry designers. Shoemakers. Uh, a couple other jewelers. <laughs> <laughs> they have also contacted me about bringing in their stuff. So, and another, I have another uh, friend who's also my pet sitter that is thinking of bringing in some like glitter dominoes that she makes. Oh, so cute. So, yeah. So, I've had some local people bring me stuff too. And then it's on commission and that helps. So, I have a few pieces mm -hmm. of clothing that people have made some so people are coming in and like and buying stuff i mean you just opened my my first sale was a bar of soap <laughs> oh i wish i was a little bar of soap oh i wish i was it a was little so bar of soap. cute 
That's it was funny. so cute. Yeah, this girl came in and she really wanted something. She's in college and she clearly was just on a really tight budget. Right. She kept looking around and picking up things like she picked up some lip gloss and looked at it and like put it down. And um, I have some really cute young living lip balm from the young living famous for the essential oils anyway and then she came back and she's like i'm just gonna get this she had this bar of soap it was so cute. your first sale yeah she wanted to pay through apple pay and it was funny because i hadn't done that before and i was like a little bit panicked i was like oh, shit, I, do apple pay. <laughs> I mean there's a lot to do but yeah but so i did pay- it and i was fine and i gave her her cute little bag which i have sitting here with the little stamp that and I stamped all these bags myself. Isn't this insane? How cute is this though? It's, I know it's great. Yeah. So it's been really fun. Basically, how the hell did I do it? I did it by not having any weekends for about five weeks and working 10 to 12 hours each day on the weekend and then getting friends to help. My friend Aaron came and helped me decorate. And I also paid my trainer to come help me assemble furniture because all the infrastructure had to be built, right? Right. And then luckily I know how to put together furniture. It would have been really difficult to do this. And then I basically, yeah, just, I just busted butt and didn't get a lot of sleep. And sometimes if I didn't have to work late at night, I would come here and work instead. (laughs) So, and then just every time I thought of something I needed to buy, I just did it and then had it shipped. So I had to go to the waste transfer station and Flagstaff a bunch and take recycled boxes because I was getting all this stuff shipped and it was just like, piles and piles of boxes oh my god yeah yeah so i'm really happy with it it's really cute here let me do like i can spin you all the way around you can 360 can you are you able to see this because the sun's coming and it's a little dark but yeah shoot okay and then cute like jewelry down here can you see yeah i can see that and then in the in these cabinets over here are things like, well, this is the jewelry case, which you can't really see much. Right. And then in this case here on both sides, I have uh-huh. books that have changed my life and some journals and some cute things like a Lego cup. Oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> so it's like for kids of all ages. And so stuff like that. And then I have some bath bombs that look like they're treats. So I put them in little cupcakes. Oh my God. <laughs> really cute. Some more candles, essential oils, you know, some herbs in case you want to take some cordyceps to boost your energy levels or some peaceful spirit to calm you down. Jeez. And then, I mean... oh, 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 and then one more thing. I have craft soda from Utah called Taproot Soda. This is my favorite flavor. It's lemon lime lavender I had to special order it and then i had to drive to phoenix to pick it up how much did you get i got i got eight cases oh wow you got a lot i have three refrigerators at home don't ask so it's fine <laughs> they can go in the fridge yeah so this is this is my crazy venture and then i'm just enjoying like being here on the weekends and working at my cute little store that smells like essential oils and the candles that I'm selling and I burn a candle for you know ambiance 
and it's like nice and quiet except for when people come in and then it's fun because I have somebody to talk to right jeez what do you think well that is quite the side hustle I mean that's like not a side hustle as much as like you have two full-time jobs yeah ish and then and then I will hire somebody to work here I just want to see how people are responding, what they're buying, what they're asking for. Wow. Yeah. Well, my side hustle is this, doing this podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's one of them. I like and then it. My, my other side hustle that I started before the pandemic is I, and something that I had never, ever imagined I would ever do is I started selling, um, you know, like jewelry, and clothes and stuff to what do you call it you got to pay the The pawn shop yeah I've gone to pawn shops (laughs) I've gone to vintage stores and so I've been doing that for a couple years and this weekend I'm I've now I've got like I'm down to like things that are nice but not as sellable I don't think Mm -mm. because they're not well first of all selling gold and stuff is kind of easy to do but I was going to a couple places to get the best deal and all of that and and some of the jewelry I ended up actually getting size so that I could wear it. Some of it I just sold and then clothes. I found this great store in New Jersey near where my dad lives, where he has bought in a couple of installments, these amazing clothes that my mother used to wear that are like one of a kind sort of pieces. And all of her clothes are in like impeccable condition. So he bought a lot of stuff. So now I have pretty much gotten rid of all of the jewelry that I'm, you know, going to get rid of for now. And clothes, I usually donate clothes, but like I said, these things were like one of a kind, but there's, there's some things that I still am holding on to. Like there's a a Gucci purse from 1973. Oh yeah. Keep that. Right. So a couple of things like that, but now I have basically your normal clothes. They're not super old. They're from like the nineties and two thousands, but they're in perfect condition because she put everything in its like own hanging laundry bag. So I, I've kept some things for myself, but now I'm down to things from, from the winter and the spring, but now, you know, it's coming into spring and summer. So this weekend, I'm going back out to a couple of places in the city to see what I can sell. I'm going to have to divide and conquer seasonally, mm. which I haven't had to do yet because prior when I was selling these like kind of one of a kind things, they were like, you know, you could wear them whenever because they were kind of outrageous. Like this dress with like, huge ribbons hanging down and like this other thing from Mexico with like a, a like a hand you know crocheted thing with beads on it and things like that that um people will buy any time of the year but nobody wants to buy the banana republic sweaters you know heading into this to the spring and summer a lot of things you know it's not trendy stuff and it's not like super young stuff which is probably most younger people buy you know like secondhand clothes. So we'll see how it goes, but I kind of like it sort of fun. It's my other side hustle. So wait, I want to hear about the story you would do. Oh, the story I would have done. So, you know, it's along my baseball. And the thing is from when I thought of it to now, some stores have come up that aren't exactly what I would do, but have kind of stolen my name, like sweaty Betty. Oh, it wasn't okay. in the U.S. I don't think, at least. So it's my bullpen Betty, right? And Do you have that like, URL just in case. Oh, I have bullpen Betty URL. Yes. Oh, good, good. Okay. Yes, but the store—it's along the line of who bullpen Betty would be. 
if the cartoon character was real and not me, but it sort of is me. Okay. Like the jock rock chick. So the store would be all baseball paraphernalia? Some baseball stuff, but more athleisure wear, but it's a little edgier, which I'm telling you didn't really exist. I, I, like, I, I know what you're talking about. I like that, like edgy athlete. I used to have a, a little, it was like for the gym, but it was sort of didn't make any sense that you would actually have to have it. It was like a crop top, short sleeve jacket with holes in it. Right. So I just really put it in the chat. It. I can't wait to see this. I haven't updated it. I haven't been doing it for, you know, a couple of years. But this is the store oh, that this I stuff is cute. That I would have opened. Oh, this is so you. Right. But you can't do it in New York. No, it's too expensive. Where could where would this fly? LA for sure. Well, right, but you can't do it. LA is too expensive. Let me keep thinking. Hold on. These shoes are so cute. These bowling shoes. Yeah. I have yeah so it's there's some baseball stuff um, in here but this is all old this this stuff's probably not even for sale anymore I love it somewhere in Colorado or Texas you could pull it off I worked in my friend's boutique but she's a clothing designer for a year or so, so I had a full-time job and then I'd work there on weekends and she's moved around the city a lot she was in the East Village and then she was in the West Village and she was in Brooklyn and then back in the East Village I haven't been down there for a little while she's been jumping partially because of rents i'm like where can right. you get the better rent partially yeah. i wouldn't say entirely but you know it's hard to be those stores a lot of those stores also through the pandemic those designers had opened you know three and four stores and now they're back down to one or two that makes sense i mean i feel like you can pull it off but i mean you can't do it in new york yeah but i'd have to do it full time i just don't think you can I mean, you can pay somebody to work there. Well, I, when I worked at my friend's store, she paid me by the hour with a small commission. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, she did. But, you know, I had a full-time job, so it wasn't my living. Yeah. I was doing it because I wanted to. Yeah. I had never worked in retail before. It was fun. It was a crazy time of my life that I needed to just, like, always be occupied, you know, all the time. And it totally helped me. And the money was cool because it would, like, paid for my lunch that week or whatever, but it was, it, that wasn't why I was doing it. But I'm looking at some of these uh, roller derby socks I actually ended up buying for myself. Adorable. The, the no, zombie, this stuff is cute. The zombie flesh and bones roller derby socks where the bones are sticking out of this and the spiders. Yeah, I have those. I like the camo Nikes. Those are cool. Yeah, all this stuff is old though. This is like somebody who looked at this now who's like really cool would be like, oh my God, this is so like five years ago. <laughs> uh, that's all right i mean you would find new stuff were you really serious about doing it or you it was just more like a fantasy project it was a fantasy project but i had a friend who said if you put it out there the universe will realign to help you fulfill your dreams i mean you still could yeah well one day or, maybe or move and do it somewhere cheaper there's a rockabilly so. um clothing store on the boardwalk in asbury park now, Maybe, she, so that she, could work. If and she closes for a few months during the winter because nobody's walking on the boardwalk in sure. January or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she does other things. She puts on shows and, and things like that. And then there's some other cool clothing stores downtown in Asbury. What about like Coney Island or, or Bushwick? Or I mean, Bushwick is up and coming now, but is there a new Bushwick? That, I know. When I, I feel like anywhere in Brooklyn is just too, too expensive. Cool and, what about, yeah, what about yeah. Queens? What about like the new Astoria or the new... I don't know what that is. I'm not cool. Sunnyside? I Maybe. don't know. Not cool enough to know anymore. You but... might be able to pull it off in Sunnyside. Right. Or go to the Bronx. Yeah. Actually, with these, 
or Harlem ish, but Harlem is now gentrified to the point where it's like yeah. Insane. There's some. I, What's yeah, the I new Harlem? East Harlem. There's some stores up there. I have to go check it out now that it's starting to not be eight no, degrees outside. No, there's a really cute. It reminds me a tiny bit. There was like a very urban hip hop male focused boutique down in Phoenix. I just went to. That was really really cool. Like really, yeah. But you could pull it off. Sounds like a fun retirement project. I'm not that old. <laughs> I know. I have come up with a new tactic, which I never, ever, ever entertained. And then I know we have to go. I'm willing to entertain marrying a rich man. <laughs> I, I mean, I fought it my whole I mean, life. I've never gone out with maybe. a rich guy. I never wanted whatever. That's Fine. Funny. Okay. And I'll end on that. <laughs> that's that's quite a way to go out all right on that on that note thank you so much for tuning in for the pr wind down podcast and thank you to me and april for such an entertaining interview best ever <laughs> remember to submit your own agency stories and questions and to share our show with your friends and colleagues and if you subscribe and leave us a rating it will help us reach new listeners like you and if you have an anonymous PR horror story of your own, send it our way at the contact email below the episode notes. Can't wait to wind down with you again next time. Get your kicks on Route 66. I'm so good at singing.